Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Here in the studio with John Merrill. John is an Alabama native. He was born in Randolph County in Weedowie, and he was raised in Heflin. And John went to the University of Alabama after that. Uh, Upon graduating, he's had a number of vocational roles, all focused in the area of customer service, from account executive and manager to publishing company to business development officer for a community bank in Tuscaloosa. In 2010, John ran for and won a seat in the Alabama legislature in House District 62. And then in 2014, he became our Secretary of State where he has served just phenomenally, and now he is actually running for the U.S. Senate. So in all those capacities, John is somebody who just exudes servant leadership, and the the goal of this show is to sit down with people who live a life of purpose. Uh, John definitely fits that mold. So it is an honor to have you here with us today, John. Matt, thank you for that very kind and most generous introduction. I'm delighted to be here with you. Well, I definitely appreciate it. And uh, I think we initially met at a political function years ago and then ended up getting connected on social media. And, um, you know, just if you don't follow him on social media, you need to, because if you want to see what a servant leader looks like, I mean, I don't know how he does it. I'd love to have his energy level. Uh, just this morning, he was on Talk of Alabama, and, and he was just telling me about his day before we got started here, and, and it is nonstop. Uh, but with that, you know, I've just seen over the years how you serve. And you. I've paid attention to that because it's very important. Uh, I think today especially there are a lot of people that are in a, a public office, but they are in it for – Maybe they got in it for the right reasons, but they don't necessarily maintain the, the proper focus. And um, but, you know, I was thankful to have lunch with him a month or so ago, two months ago, and just got to hear more of his heart, why he serves. And so really wanted to share that with you guys today. Uh, John, kind of walk us through why you you do what you do, why you why you like to serve so much. Well, Frankly, Matt, I don't think that you could do it with the energy and enthusiasm that you say I possess unless you were motivated to do so for reasons other than those that were important to you. My goal is to make sure that I've done everything I can to serve the people that I come in contact with each and every day. And that's not just at work, but that's on the campaign trail. Uh, That's the people that I interact with that just need some level of assistance. And it's a, a privilege for me to be able to do so. I think I get that servant spirit and the servant heart that you say I possess from the way that my mom and dad instructed me and then having the privilege to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior has enabled me to cultivate that spirit on my own and enabled me to continue to try to find a way to serve him through those encounters that I have each and every day that I interact with people that I'm fortunate enough to meet. So with those things being said, I think it's important to understand that we can all be servants. We should all be servants, according to the word. Mm -hmm. And the way that we can do that is by simply looking for an opportunity to be a servant, Mm -hmm. not to be served. Mm -hmm. 
No, that's that's really good. And uh, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, Jesus came to serve. And, and if he's the example that we want to strive to be like, then we need to be serving as well. Uh, but, you know, we live in such a society where people want to be served. They want to be uh, catered to. They want people to do things for them instead of wanting to be that blessing themselves. So for me, and I know for many others, it is refreshing when we see somebody that is doing what we're called to do, but but doing it so well. So Well, we also need to remember that this is not a new phenomenon where people like to be served. I'll remind you of the story in the New Testament where James and John are sitting with the Lord and they're talking to him about which one of us will be the greatest among us when we enter into your kingdom. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the Lord replies not by chastising them, but saying that that is not mine to give who's on my right hand or who's on my left hand. Mm -hmm. What he says is the greatest among you will be your servant Mm -hmm. and helping them understand the sons of Zebedee. Mm -hmm. There was nobody closer to Mm -hmm. the Lord than they were to help them understand that we all possess that drum major instinct, Mm -hmm. as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. called it in his last sermon. Mm -hmm. But knowing that what our responsibilities are, which is to seek out opportunities for servanthood so we can model the behavior of the Lord Mm -hmm. is what we're called to do. That's awesome. And, you know, I I think that it is 100% accurate and and it's absolutely biblical. You know, so uh, a lot of times we want to create the wheel or recreate the wheel. But there's a lot of wisdom in that book. You know, it's been around for a long time. That's right. But it's the, the ultimate source of wisdom and um, you know, but shifting gears a little bit, um, uh, you know, a lot of times we have people on the show that, that started from very humble beginnings and they've risen to, uh, a position that is, you know, far greater than probably most of the people that, that they grew up with. And, uh, being born in Weedowie and most people won't know where Weedowie is, right. but, you know, like I told you at lunch, my grandfather was born and raised in Weedowie, lived there. Uh, for a long time, um, passed away after living there uh, in his final years. But um, to go from Weedowie, right, middle of nowhere, right, and you know, then obviously, you know, growing up in Heflin, which is also a small town, to, right. to now be, you know, the Secretary of the State and and really crisscrossing the state and really the globe on a regular basis, representing our state, um, and then to be running for a U.S. Senate seat, um, speak to somebody who may be there, you know, in a similar situation. You know, they're they're starting out in, in one spot and they've got goals and aspirations to well, get to look, another spot. Well, look, I think one thing that's important to note, Matt, is I never saw myself as having any level of limitation. Mm-hmm. I knew from the time I was growing up in Heflin I could accomplish whatever it was my ability would allow me to achieve. Mm-hmm. And I never looked at any goal and said that's too high for me to reach Mm. i I never thought anything was out of my ability to grasp Mm. and i think that's one of the reasons why i was able to become president student body at the university of alabama Mm. i remember when i went to the university and someone asked me if i wanted to become involved in the student government association i I said no because i didn't think i was of the caliber Mm. of the student leader at the University of Alabama. Mm-hmm. There were 16,000 students on our campus, mm-hmm. and there were only two people from my high school that were there. 
So it wasn't like there was just an overabundance of friends that I naturally brought <laughs> right. with me. Right. And so I was able to um, cultivate some relationships and develop some friendships that put me in a stronger position to be able to move forward in that regard as time progressed and saw that basically we're all the same. Mm-hmm. We just need to get to know one another and have an opportunity to advance through the ranks after we've had a chance to develop those relationships that will separate us from many other people mm-hmm. who are either not as motivated or not as interested. That mindset, it started with your mindset that, that anything was possible, uh, essentially having an abundance mindset versus a scarcity mindset and, and thinking, why not me instead of, you know, well, I, I can't achieve that. And, and I think there's a lot of people that they've got the mindset, well, I could never do that because instead of why couldn't I do that? You know, if, if he can do it, I can do it. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's extremely important. Uh, you got to get your mind right before you want to achieve anything or before you're capable of achieving anything. But that's a great um, piece of advice that that somebody needs to train their brain that that they are capable of doing anything that they're willing to work hard for no doubt that they're willing to believe and uh, but you got to believe it in yourself That's if right. you want somebody else to believe it well in. you have to invest in yourself and invest in others in order to get to that point mm-hmm. and one of the things that I think is so important to remember is that we have to continue to trust people mm-hmm. until they prove to you that they're not trustworthy. Mm-hmm. That's how we develop those friendships and those mm-hmm. relationships that allow us to become more intimate with those people so they can get to know us. They can help hold us accountable. Mm-hmm. They can help us achieve goals. They can help us become the person the Lord intended for us to become. Yeah, that's, again, really good wisdom and advice and you know, I do think that it's we're living in a society where people are easily offended, you know, and, and everything offends. And, and as soon as you say something that I don't agree with, you know, well, we're going to sever this relationship. I'm going to block you on social media or I'm going to unfollow you or I'm going to unfriend you. <laughs> One of the whatever. worst examples I've ever seen of what you're talking about is something I read the other day in the media Mm -hmm. about an interaction that someone had with an individual on Facebook Mm -hmm. who was a friend of theirs Mm -hmm. and had been a friend prior to social media. Mm -hmm. And that person was wearing a Donald Trump hat, Mm -hmm. and the gentleman told the young lady, Mm -hmm. if you don't get rid of the hat, Mm -hmm. then I'm deleting you, and Mm -hmm. you're not going to be my friend anymore Mm -hmm. outside of social media. Mm And she said she was keeping the hat, Mm. and he said, then you made the choice. You chose the hat over me. Mm. No, she didn't choose the hat over you. You chose for her to sever that relationship because Mm. you put an unreasonable expectation Mm. on her about an inanimate object, Mm. a hat, that Mm. said, make America great again, Mm. and you prized that relationship mm. with a hat right. more than you prized it with yourself right i mean that's what we've come to today. right well and I, I think too it's i think people are trying to find the things that they don't have in common with somebody and then focusing on that small thing that they don't have in common 
and they're not willing to to see all of the things that they do have in common and you know that's why you don't have a lot of civil discussions that's why you know people aren't willing to trust and and just you know maintain or nurture a relationship to get beyond those little things that that you may disagree on and you know i'm thankful that you know i've got friends from all different types of backgrounds and and all different types of belief systems and all different types of uh, races, you know, uh, different categories, you know, society wants to categorize everybody and, you know, that they're just people at the end of the day, we're all just people. We're all created by God in his image. And if we would treat people like that, that every single person has value, that they do have something that you can learn from them. I think it would be, uh, society would be much more civil in that regard. Um, so obviously in public office you get people that are very pleased with what you're doing and you got people that are very displeased with with what you're doing no matter what that's right but how do you navigate that on a daily basis and continue to that's a great question you know the thing that you have to remember matt is you have those basic core values Mm. that motivate you that Mm. serve as your foundation Mm. for where you want to go and what you want to accomplish Mm. and you do not veer from those things Mm -hmm. that way you know what you're going to do when the test arises Mm. you don't have to answer the question when the test presents itself Mm -hmm. you already know what your response is going to be if you have to question Mm. your response based on the test at that particular time, at that particular period of historical significance in your life, then you may make a different choice. But if those basic core values are already in place, you know what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. That's good. Uh, I think that that is, you know, having those guiding principles, those core values that, that you won't waver from, I think that it is extremely important because you see a lot of times people, especially in public office, you know, the political pressure builds and, you know, or maybe the donors are, are trying to, to step back or political action committees, whatever. And now all of a sudden, well, I've got to stick with the money or I've got to stick with, you know, the, the loudest group right. versus, uh, no, I'm going to stand on principle because right. this is what I believe. And I think that that is... Um, that's extremely important, and, and we need more of that in you know, public office. And so I'm thankful that, that that's what guides you and, and how you make your decisions. I don't know how people make it that don't have those guiding principles. Mm. I don't know how they do mm. because then you have no core. Mm. You have no center, so you don't know what your moral compass is and what you will come back to. Mm-hmm. So you just go as a wandering generality. Mm-hmm. They blow like the wind. I mean, that depending on, you know, the, the circumstance or the situation, I'll answer the question this right. way if I'm in front of this group. I'll answer the question this way if I'm in front of this group. And, uh, and, and again, I think it's why a lot of people, uh, they, they're turned off to politics these right. days because they see the wavering and commitment. You know, they, they run on one platform. And then they get elected and they do the opposite or they don't honor the commitments that they made. That's right. And, you know, it, it's definitely, um, you know, not to get too political, but I mean, one of the things that is going on right now is, is you've got an administration that said, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And this is what we want to accomplish. And they have executed 
they have made those decisions. No they, doubt. They have been effective. And is it necessarily something that, that everybody agrees on? Or uh, is it something that everybody um, maybe agrees how it's been done? Not necessarily, but uh, the effectiveness of executing the plan and the the clarity of, of this is what we want and this is what we're going to do. And then they've done it. And I think that a lot of people, they're not used to, like, this guy said he was going to do all this stuff and now he's doing all this stuff. And, and the results, right. I mean, the economy's thriving. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, we've got a strong national defense. We've got people that are wanting to you know, ultimately come to the bargaining table that we haven't been able to get to the table in a long time. Uh, but they ultimately know, like, this guy is doing what he says he's going to do. And like it or not, like, we need to make sure that, you know, we get on his good side because we don't want to be left out in the cold. Um, and, and I think that that is extremely important. Um, obviously a very polarizing administration, but – um, and I don't agree with everything uh, or the way that, that everything's been done. But right. um, but from that standpoint, I, I do think that there is the the true desire to focus on making America the best country that it can be. And that's and, what we want our president to do, mm -hmm. whomever our president is. Mm -hmm. And that's what this president is attempting to do. And that's why I think that's so important. Mm -hmm. And so challenges that we face as a country obviously there's a lot of division um how do you see those challenges uh your ability to address those challenges in in your leadership role whether it's you know at, at the state level or the national level uh, i mean there's a lot of issues that we're facing well there are but you've already answered the question and and this is the bottom line it's not unlike a speech that John Kennedy gave back in 1962 when he said, in the final analysis, we all have one thing in common. We all want what's best for our children. Mm -hmm. We all want what's best for our families. Mm -hmm. We all breathe the same air. We are all mortal. And we share our lives on this small planet. Mm -hmm. And there's something in common that we all have Sometimes we just have to look a little farther to figure out what that is in order to start that discussion to help us reach a consensus on an issue that is very important to us, whatever that issue might happen to be at that mm -hmm. particular time. conversation is extremely important and you know again when we're we're living in a soundbite generation uh, you know a, a tweet a text uh, a Facebook post Instagram message whatever it may be there's nothing like sitting down face to face eyeball to eyeball and and having a discussion because you can look at somebody's body language, you can you know ultimately determine the the tone and you know everything that they're saying, whether it's in their words or just in their actions. Uh, I think that that's extremely important, and and I think that we could solve a lot of things if if there were more face-to-face -face conversations instead of uh, hey somebody sent me this and I can't really judge 
how they conveyed the message because I can't gauge tone via text. Right. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and assume that they meant it in the worst possible way. And now we've got a, a bigger problem. That's exactly than we right. Before. But, you know, it goes back to what I shared with you a few minutes ago, which is it's my belief that we should trust people until they prove to us that they're not trustworthy. Mm-hmm. We should consider that everybody potentially is our friend mm-hmm. until they prove that they're not. Mm-hmm. That's good. And benefit of the doubt is something that uh, that's definitely lacking as well. Um, so from the standpoint of um, just trying to get all of the things that, that you accomplished done on a daily basis, obviously, again, it's, it's driven by purpose. It's, it's driven by, you know, that relationship with Jesus. I mean, ultimately, uh, how do you balance out what all you can get done or need to get done on a daily basis because there's a lot of stuff coming at you daily. It's a tremendous amount. Uh, Many, many days are what they say in the old adage, just like drinking from a fire hose. Mm. And what we have to do is we have to make sure we give attention to the things we can give attention to. Mm. And then those that we need assistance with, we need to ask for that help then we need to enable other people to be able to support what we're attempting to do. Mm-hmm. So working together, we can accomplish those goals instead of trying to do everything ourselves mm-hmm. and put ourselves in a position to say, this is going to happen because I will it to be so. Mm-hmm. You're going to get real frustrated if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Well, I also think that, you know, I tell people all the time, the more you lead and serve, the more opportunities there are to lead and serve. And so... You know, how do you, uh, and there's power in no once you're getting a lot of opportunities. Um, how do you judge, you know, all right, this is this is a no. Sure. This is a not now. This sure. Is a, and that's something that I still struggle with. Mm. I have a difficult time with that because mm. I like to please everybody. Mm. I like to help everybody. Mm. I like to fulfill everybody's desire for me to be a part of whatever it is that they want me to be a part of. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you can't do it. So Mm -hmm. one of the ways that I do that is if I have multiple events on the same day, Mm -hmm. I go to the first one that was scheduled. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes that may not be the wisest thing to do, Mm -hmm. because if I have two groups that ask me to come speak to them, Mm -hmm. one group has 35 people and one group has 250 people Mm -hmm. and the one with 35 asked me first Mm -hmm. i'm going to go to the one with 35 Mm -hmm. because i made a commitment to them to go there Mm -hmm. i'm not going to the one with 250 just because as you would compare that to high school dating the prettier girl said she'd go now right that's not acceptable that's not the way i was trained and that's not the way we're supposed to do things you're supposed to fulfill your commitment Mm mm-hmm well, and, you know, I, I love that because um, that's another thing that's lacking these days is honoring a commitment. And, you know, there are a lot of people that will tell you yes right off the bat. And then you come back and you follow up and you say, hey, uh, we're, we're going to do this, right? right? Well, I'm not sure. And then maybe they come back and they ultimately change their mind altogether right. or back out completely. And, you know, whether that is a friendship, whether that is business, whether that is ministry, whether that is public service, whatever. I mean, I believe commitments are extremely important. Well, there's nothing more frustrating to me 
than the example you just gave mm. where you reach out to somebody and they said i'll help you with that mm. and then you go back to them when it's time for it and then they mm. say oh, I, don't, I don't think i'm gonna be able to get that done right and sometimes the thing that's even more frustrating is they won't come out and tell you that mm. they'll just keep stringing you along yeah. where you could cut the tie mm. and you could go to someone else mm. and get the support you need mm-hmm. well and so they'll either string you along or they will not get back with you altogether. Uh, just ghost you. Uh, they've you know, created a term for it, ghosting. Uh, you never hear back from somebody. And you know, so I, I believe that commitments and honoring those commitments are extremely important. And, you know, and again, going back to the word, you know, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And you know, when you've got to, hey, I promise I'm going to do this. You know, I swear I'm going to do this. You know, believe me on that. You know, when when we start having to overemphasize what our yes means, right. it's because our yes doesn't mean anything. That's right. You know, and, and that's something that I try to really instill in my little girls, you know, nine and five years old. You know, you need to understand from a young age what your word means. And, you know, do not tell a lie because... Once you tell a lie and you're caught in that lie, now I can't believe you. You know, again, going back to trust, I'm going to trust you until I catch you right. doing something you're not supposed to do. And then it, does that mean that there's no grace? No, but it does mean that it's going to be hard to earn that sure trust back. And it's it's very difficult uh, to earn back your reputation once it's been violated. That's and, right. And so character is extremely important. Uh, so if, if we're sitting down and, and we're talking to somebody who maybe they've got, you know, aspirations of, of getting into public service or, or they want to uh, help give back some way, what would you tell that person? Again, somebody, maybe they're, they're starting from, from very humble beginnings. They don't know what to do. Sure. What would you guide them on that? Well, look, if you think that that's what you'd like to do, if you think you'd like to be in public service, if you think that you'd like to make a difference in your community you need to make a difference in your community you don't have to be an elected official to be able to do that i've told people many many times you know what is the most common theme that you hear from people when somebody says i'm running for office they say i am because i love people Mm -hmm. or i love to be around people Mm -hmm. i love to work with people well Mm -hmm. a lot of people do okay but not everybody runs for public office that does but what we need is we need to determine for that person mm. whether or not they are cut out for public service. Mm. And only they can determine that, mm. but they can determine that by investing themselves in those local environments that allow them to mm. be positioned mm. for success. What does that mean? That means that you need to join a civic club. Mm. You need to be active in your church. Mm. You need to be active in a support group like Mm -hmm. athletic boosters or Mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. There's always opportunities to work, always opportunities for service Mm -hmm. in any of those groups. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like the work aspect of it, public service is probably not cut out for you. Mm -hmm. If you don't like it when people say, well, you know, if I'd been doing that, we'd done a little bit different. Right. Well, sure you would have. But it's not about Monday morning quarterbacking from your armchair right it's about being able to help make a difference and an impact mm. when the need arises mm. and you learn that by being a part of those groups and organizations that prepare you to lead later on mm. 
So good. Well, John, I have really appreciated this. This has been fantastic. And, you know, again, I know that, that you're just the way you serve is inspiring and encouraging to me. And I know that, that other people are going to be blessed by this interview. So definitely well, appreciate it. Thank you for having me as your guest, Matt. And I wish you much success. And I really appreciate your work for the Lord and what you do. Uh, thank you so much. And we appreciate you guys listening today. Check us out next time. 